Natalie and I were super lonely as entrepreneurs. Mm. You know, we both had our own businesses and we were like, hang on, where were the other queens at? Where were mm-hmm. the other people who you had our friendships with from school who are amazing women, but they were in corporate careers. They didn't quite get what we were doing. And so it was very difficult and very challenging. So, you know, like I said, that's why the society was born. That's why Connect was the number one thing we wanted. And then to like grow professionally and personally, we really recognize that mindset is such a big part of business. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Queens, 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 queens. We have such a queen coming to you today and Divine Living's podcast. It is Danielle Canty, the president and CEO of Boss Babes in our midst. So get yourself ready to just have such a major up level. This is one of my most favorite people in the world. She's super fun to hang with and so inspiring with how she does all things in life and particularly business. So I know I'm just excited to soak up all of her light and wisdom and personality, all the good things. Danielle, welcome to the show. Wow, what an introduction. (laughs) I feel like very queen-like now. Thank you, Gina. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you sound very queen-like to the rest of us Americans as well. So we're all sitting up a little straighter now. (laughs) Danielle, I think it is just, I think personal stories are just always fun. So I want to take a moment to talk about the lesser known fact about you that you started out as a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just give us the, many. It's all oh my goodness. Give us the short journey and version of how did you go from chiropractor to president of boss babes? This is a great question. And actually like a story I don't really tell that much because, you know, as most people, if they follow boss babe, they'll know a lot about Nasty's story, but mine's a little bit more unknown. And yeah, it's quite a surprise that I am a doctor of chiropractic. And after finishing school, I decided that I wanted to help people more. So I decided to go and study chiropractic. And that's where one, I absolutely loved, you know, seeing the transformation that my patients would have. But I also really discovered this entrepreneurial side to me that I actually had no idea existed until that point. So You know, I was not the kid at school who had all of like, you know, was like selling candy to other children or anything like that. I just always worked really hard. And so I decided when I went into my career of chiropractic and discovered that, oh, hang on a minute, I can have my own business, which I ended up doing, and I could grow in more ways than just being a good chiropractor. I absolutely loved it. And so by the age of 24, 25, I was a shareholder in one of the fastest growing primary healthcare brands in the UK because I'd already started to find out how ambitious I was at that point. I was like, right, I am ready to go. But in 2016, where I was at the height of my career, I, you know, was successful. I had these shareholders in this um, practice and several other clinics. I realized what I had been chasing was money. But when my dad had an accident in 2016, where we were skiing and he fractured his pelvis right from the bottom all the way to the top, had to be helicoptered off the piece, the whole works. 
had to have like transferred from various hospitals. And the day he went in for his surgery, where we didn't even know if he was going to be able to walk again or ski again or any of it, I had to fly home because I had responsibilities that meant I had to be in a set time, a set place every single, my life was governed by 15 minute appointments. And during that journey, I actually realized that money was not my single like aspiration. It was Mm -hmm. It was freedom to make the decisions in my life that I wanted to. And in that moment, that whole year changed. And it wasn't like all of a sudden I end up as, you know, co-founder of Boss Babe. But what did happen is it sent me on a course to go, okay, what are actually my core values and what do I actually want to achieve in my life? Oh my gosh. I had no idea of that story. And oh, is your dad okay now? Yeah. And you know what, you know, when we talk about mindsets, they said to him, like, you know, he was, had this huge operation. He had to get flown back by a private plane because he couldn't sit up for three months. So he had to be like laying down and they were like, oh yeah, you know, probably never ski again. And then obviously he was like, I'm not taking that as an answer. And so the next season he actually did (laughs) ski again. So it just shows you the power of the mind when you really believe in something and you want something so much. He was not even contemplating not skiing again. So he made a full recovery and yeah, he's still crazy on the slopes. (laughs) Well, that apple doesn't fall far from the tree, clearly, (laughs) clearly. Um, So then how did you and Natalie meet and get together? So 2017. And so like I said to you, like most people think, oh, you you see this a lot, the overnight success or, you know, the highlight reel that we see on social media. But just like anybody who decides to make a change in their life, I became intentional about it in 2016. I started exploring various different ideas. I was opened up to personal development, which was really not something I was doing a lot of or even had a big awareness of. And in 2017, I went to my first Brendan Bouchard event in San Diego. It was only the second time I'd ever visited the US. I was it just sounds so elegant the way you say it. a Brendan Bouchard event in San Diego. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny because back home I'm just normal. Whereas in America, everyone makes comments on my accent, which I'm kind of secretly <laughs> starting to like. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. It's like, I, also drink drink my, I drink my cup of tea with my pinky in the air. Totally. <laughs> I certainly don't. But so yeah, we went to this Brendan Bouchard event and um, Nat and I had a mutual friend. And like, whereas everybody else was just kind of like, yeah, we'll go into sections of it and, you know, popping out for a call or popping out for long lunch. Natalie and I had a very similar mindset in the sense that like, we are here. He is the best at high performance. We are here to learn. We took on notepads and pens, true Virgo and Capricorn style. <laughs> and we did not miss a single lecture. We were there right in the morning till last thing at night, doing all the extracurricular as well. And we just hit it off and we became really good friends so that when I went back to the UK, she was already living in the US at the time. When I went back to the UK, we stayed in contact and I had started, you know, like I said, I'd always been on this path to like wanting to find freedom. And for me, that very much looked like an online business from my brick and mortar business as it was. So I wanted this online freedom and I knew that she had already started digging into those pieces. So I reached out to her and was like, Hey, do you want to collaborate on a course? And this is like one thing that I think has really helped me throughout my whole entire career and journey is that I have learned to never be afraid to ask and like not to fear the rejection. Like what was the worst you could say? No. Okay. Fine. 
Mm-hmm. And so I just asked her and she was like, yeah, I would love to. And so we just then built a friendship and, wow. you know, she had this idea for the, what people know as a society now, a membership for female entrepreneurs. And she pitched it to me and I was like, oh, this is a great idea. And then one Friday night, I was just sat there and I was like, I'm just going to look up some stuff. Natalie mentioned she got this idea and I just sent her all this research and I was like, you should think about doing it this way. This is what the market's shifting towards. This is what all the research shows. And then we just ended up hopping on a call and we were like, should we do this together? And that's what happened. Wow. So natural, meant to be organic, <laughs> yeah. like destined. I love it. I yeah, love it. Like, totally. you know, that's the way business is meant to be this kind of flow and ease and collaboration and, and friendship and fun in it too, then. I love that. And I think that was one of the big misinterpretations that I'd had in my life previously. I thought that if you were good at business, you were really hard, you were really selfish. Maybe you would kind of choose like money over friendship or morals. That's how my mindset was growing up from what I saw around me. And so that has been a big, big shift for me that I've been very intentional about. And Natalie had those very similar values that you can be amazing in business and still be a good person and make decisions based on morals. And for us, that's something that we've always leaned into throughout the journey of Boss Babe. And I think it's probably why we've ended up where we are, because we've always put the values of our company and the values of the women that we support at the forefront of our mind when we're ever making decisions. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, all right. So you were there beginning of society. What was the vision for us? So I want to like switch into the mindset. Now you'd mentioned that before with your father. I know that so many people in the divine living community are obsessed with the inner game and all things mindset. We know that it's mm-hmm. like 90% of it. So what was the vision or what was your mindset around the society at the beginning? Oh my goodness. So we decided, so basically Natalie and I met in the September and I just wanted to share this timeline as well. So that people understand. So 2016, I started to want online. September, 2017 is when I went to Brenda Bouchard's. March, 2018 is when we launched the society. So we literally like got to work by the November and we're planning it on. And then just shows you like minimum viable product as well. People like the first version of the society was not absolutely the best. But when we decided to launch the society, we set this goal. We had really no idea what to expect. You know, obviously we were launching off the Boss Babe Instagram account, which at that point was probably around 300,000 followers. But we had no, we had no idea like what to expect. And so we just set this kind of like goal that was just really low in a way. You know, we, I think we set the goal of like 500 new members. And over this two week launch period, we closed the door on 1500. And it was in in that moment that we were like, oh, we really can do this. And whilst I'd always been very unapologetically ambitious, I realized that I'd also been a bit conservative with some of my goals along the way. And there had been actually something previous to that where I had a mentor and he asked me one day, and you know, this was before I was um, part of Boss Babe, but he asked me one day, he was like, Oh, how much would you like to earn a month? And I was like, Oh, like, you know, set an amount which I thought I could achieve. And he was like, No, you're thinking, what amount would you like to earn a month? And then I was like, But I feel weird saying this number. Like, I, this feels unrealistic. All these things are starting to come up for me. And it was really in that moment that I was like, wow, I am really standing in my own way. And just like with the society, we're starting to stand in our own way, right? And he said to me, like, think, ping it, just pick a number out of the sky that you're like, that, if I could earn, I would be super, super happy. And so I did that. And 
I would say that was one of the key things that started to really shift my life because then I went on to meet Natalie. Then I went on to then see like, actually, well, hang on, we could do this society together. We could make this something big and started seeing the route and the path that I could take to make that create that financial freedom and that online freedom that I wanted. And so the mindset piece for me has always been like stretching it. I've always had a good mindset, but it's always been around like stretching to the next edge. Mm. And my experience is that I always end up coming against another ledge or another hurdle or another edge, however you want to describe it, which gets me to then think bigger again. And it's just getting used to always challenging and pushing that to the next position. That's what I've been continuing to do. Amazing. Amazing. And now you have like thousands and thousands of members. What's the vision for society now? Oh my goodness. It's so exciting actually. We're So in in February, March, it'll be three years. And we're actually launching our third version of society. So we've gone through various iterations. You know, it really stands as the place, you know, the concept is still the same where female entrepreneurs can connect, build and grow. But we're actually relaunching in March with even bigger names, bigger support, better pathway through. Because that's one thing that Natalie and I are always about. We have this growth mindset. We're always continually asking ourselves, how can we do better? How can we be better? How can we be more in service? And so we looked at Melissa and was like, oh my God, this is a great product, but we want to make it even better. Like we want to make it the masterclass for female entrepreneurs. We want to make it so that more people can connect with each other because the society really launched because Natalie and I were super lonely as entrepreneurs. Hmm. You know, we both had our own businesses and we were like, hang on, where were the other queens at? Where were mm-hmm. the other people who you had our friendships with from school who are amazing women, but they were in corporate careers. They didn't quite get what we were doing. And so it was very difficult and very challenging. So, you know, like I said, that's why the society was born. That's why Connect was the number one thing we wanted. And then to like grow professionally and personally, we really recognize that mindset is such a big part of business and then building the business, building the empire. So those are kind of the three core, like, pillars of the society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, hypothetically, for anyone listening who wants to start their own membership site, <laughs> what advice do you have for such uh, entrepreneur? <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. Well, like, like with any business, like you really have to like understand what you are selling, who your ideal client is, who your avatar is. But what's really key with the membership is that you basically need to sell people in every single month. Like why should they stay around? Why should they keep mm-hmm. paying? And so it really comes down to a belief system. So women join the society, not because they're like, oh, I'm a female entrepreneur. I want to make more money. That's not strong enough to keep people in. What's strong mm-hmm. enough to keep people in is that they have a belief system. They have a, they have a belief that, you know what? They want to prove the statistics wrong. They want to make a difference in not only their lives, but the people around their lives. They know that if they surround themselves with like-minded women, that is going to help them. They know that if they're going to get access to a roadmap, Boss Babe has got one of the best roadmaps out there. They know all these things and they but there is a belief system, but there's also that morality for them as well. Like, actually, do you know what? I am here as a woman. I'm here to determine my, what success looks like on my terms. I'm not going to show up and say, oh, this is what success looks like for anybody. I believe that everybody really has the, that's their decision on what they coin that as. But okay, if I'm going to join that, I can reach my version of success and I can do it now and nothing else is standing in my way. And when you get that belief system and that buy-in of why people want to show up continually and why they feel part of something and part of that belief system, that's when you get a really successful membership. 
Amazing. Amazing. So I imagine then you infiltrate that belief system in everything you do from the live calls to the content to how exactly. do you, how, how do you get it? How do you get it in the members? It feeds through everything. And ultimately it's like, it's such a core, core piece of like boss babe, right? So, you know, boss babe is here. Like we are unapologetically ambitious and that does thread through everything, but it threads through right from the beginning, whether it's like how people come into the society, how they find us in the first place, whether it's like from a webinar or being told about it, any of these pieces, but then it comes into watching the onboarding onboarding videos like what we talk about in those and actually we're just re-recording those then it turns into on the journey and what we have that content has we have the educational content but we also have the meditations we also have the mindset pieces we also have the wallpapers for the backs of people's phones you know we all have these pieces and like you say it's like that continually threading of it and you have to be very intentional about that and I think that's one key thing where I like personally learned you can be in your business or you can be on your business. And it was so important for, you know, most of us starting out, like you are very much in it, but you also need to, you know, carve out time where you work on your business, no matter what level it's at, whether it's big or small. And yeah, as it gets bigger, the more on you work. But at the end of the day, when you work on your business, you can be strategic then about, okay, what is the beliefs that I want to thread through this? What is the mission of these women? How do I help them? How do I also see the, the entrepreneurial journey is a roller coaster, but it is more enjoyable. It is more fun. And you're going to get there quicker if you're doing it in the society. And so threading that core pieces through a membership and through all the curriculum and the videos is really important. Awesome. Awesome. And then what are your, I know you are such the specialist in scaling launches, doing launches, systematizing launches. And even, and this is one of the things I find about fascinating about you all is, um, and having predictable launches. So let's let them, where, where do we begin for those of us that are a little less linear? (laughs) (laughs) So we've been doing the launch game for a long time and we have made so many mistakes, Mm -hmm. but then we also learn a lot of things that work well. And one thing about Natty and I, that we've always done is we have always reviewed everything. So whenever we do anything, we always go and critique it, whether it's a launch or there's a piece of content, whatever that is, we always have a discussion around, okay, what could we do better if we were doing this again? And over the time, it's like, we've gone through this over several years, we started to realize, wow, like now we're reviewing things. We actually have this pretty dialed in and it seemed we, we seem to be bang on our goals, like or surpassing them pretty much every time. Like our launches are getting easier. They're getting less stressful. We're able to rinse and repeat. We know what works well. And we were like, wow, this is just really, really good. And so we had a course previously, well, we still have it now called Insta Growth Accelerator. So those um, helping people to grow and monetize their Instagram. And we built and created that because we realized we were actually pretty good at it. And we're like, well, let's tell other people how to do this for themselves and their businesses. And that's exactly what happened with online launch school. We're like, wow, we're actually getting really good at this. And we were having people reach out to us and people saying, like, how do you do your launches? And people DMing us, asking these various pieces. And we're like, wow, we really just need to like bottle this up and put it into something that people can actually follow. And so we created a... We looked at actually, first of all, we looked at what we were doing and realized there was kind of like a four part framework to it. There was the audience building, 
the pre-launch phase, the launch phase and the playbook. And I can go into this a bit more detail, but we looked at it and was like, wow, if we can actually just package everything that we're doing with our team, we can give that to our audience so that they understand how this formula works and they can just plug it into their own businesses and get the same results as we're getting, or at least work towards that and have a path that they're going down to make it easier. Because let's face it, you know, Cash is king in the business. And if you launch right, you can get really, really good cash injections to your business, which then leaves the pressure so that you can work on it and in it moving forward the rest Mm -hmm. of the year. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was really amazing for us to see. And actually, when we put it into this course, we wanted it to be eight weeks, but it actually ended up being 12 weeks because we were like, wow, there's so many things. Are we putting all our spreadsheets in there? And this is the thing with Natalie and I, we don't hold back. We really believe that, you know, if we've got like a magic formula for it that we want to be giving that to people and we just put in everything that we use behind the scenes so all the templates and everything that are in there are exactly what we use at boss babe so generous so generous and i love what you're saying because i think people look at you or anyone successful online and they think that like that's all you've done is success and that you just you go and you launch and it's magic and it's easier for you and somehow you're lucky and And this is what I really want every queen to really get here. Like everything that Danielle said, like debrief, test, tweak. And I know like I used to like get myself all rattled about like this launch has to meet this goal. And and, and, and then once I took that pressure off and I was like, I'm going to go launch to the best of my ability and do exactly what you said, review it. Like it doesn't like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out once you've been through it, what you need to do to improve things, you know, but you got to go through it to get through it. Yeah, 100%. That's like one of my, I I love talking about this to shine the light because the last thing I want anyone to do is like listen to this and be like, oh yeah, like it's so easy when they find out it is difficult and it's challenging, feel like put off by that or deterred by that or think they're doing something wrong. But it really is like being in business is hard, but it is also so freaking rewarding And when you come into it, the right attitude, well, hang on a minute, I'm not going to get things right all the time. I'm always going to be learning. There's always a learning curve. You are never going to put something out there and it'd be perfect. Like people look at our Instagram account, right? Oh yeah, like it's easy. You just post this, it gets loads of likes. No, we are continually looking at the insights. Okay, we posted this. What, how many followers did that get? How much engagement that did? What did people like about that? And we trial and test things and go, oh, this one was a complete flop. People did not relate to this at all, you know? And so, isn't it oh, funny when you think like that's good? Oh, you're like, oh, this one is going to be amazing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, they obviously don't get my sense of humor. Right? <laughs> I know when I've written copy for like Facebook ads, or I'm like, oh, no, 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 like this. This was yeah. a stroke of brilliance. And it'll like test like out of seven ads, like seven out of seven. Yeah. And I think that's what people need to realize. It's not like a magic, you know, there are lots of things that you can learn from people and so many takeaways. And then it's up to you to really like try and test it and just tweak it along the way. I always say your worth. Your first launch is going to be your worst launch because that is the key to growth. You're always going to be iterating, learning what you've like done from the past one and then changing things for the better. Mm-hmm. And so I just think like once you get, that is a big mindset shift, I think, for so many people because when they really allow themselves to make mistakes and have failures, everything becomes less scary and right. everything becomes a little bit more like, oh, I'm going to give this a go and see what happens because guess what? This is a learning phase. In fact, Sarah Blakely talks about this as well. And she speaks about like train, she has to train her mind 
for rejection and for failure, right? And so when she was like first starting out of Spanx, like she spoke about this, but I saw her do a post the other day, which is when she first came onto Instagram and she literally ran around an airport asking people to follow her, right? And she went in knowing that most people are going to think one, she's a nutter and two, they're probably, they're, they're going to say no, right? And so for me, that was like a real, like, oh, you like, you have to get, I always thought no was a bad word. I had to do so much freaking deep work on that. No is okay to hear. It does. It is not, it doesn't have a positive and it doesn't have a negative. It is just no, or no, this did not work or no, don't do it this way. Maybe do it this way. And it's just a redirection. I think when you really change the way that you look at no's and yeses, then you allow them to like shape your journey versus, you know, it being a bad thing or a, a good thing. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, let's go through your four pillars and give everyone one tip from each. Okay. So first of all, so I said, um, there's four. So the first one is audience building. So you can't launch without an audience of some kind. It doesn't have to be to millions. It doesn't have to be anyone, even if it's to your grandmother, your auntie, your mom, all those, you have to be launching to some people. So first of all, you want to nurture that audience and you need to understand who they are. So the first tip I would give on this is just making sure you know who you are speaking to, who is your client avatar. And quite often people are like, oh, she's female. She's this age. Like she lives here. She does this as a job. She's married maybe. And it's like boring, right? No, you want to make sure you are calling that badass woman a name. She's got a name. You pick an image off Google that you think she might look like. Like you really build this person because then when you've got her in mind, we have two for the society. One was called Amber. One was called Brianna. Everything we did, I'm like, would Amber like this? No, she probably wouldn't, but Brianna would. Or like, you know, and we really spoke to those because I think when people don't name their avatars, it becomes really hard to relate to them and they forget about them. And Mm -hmm. that was three years ago that we did that. And still we're utilizing them. They've grown with us and they have changed. They're in different points of their lives than they were three years ago, just like us, but they still stay the same. And so we can still talk to them. So really understanding who your audience is and be okay with just speaking to that one person. Who cares if like, someone with another name doesn't relate to the Boss Babe brand. I don't mind as long as Amber and Brianna do, then I'm good for my launch. So Uh really just like own that piece and be okay with like some people not liking the material that you're putting out because when you try and be everything to everyone, you're really nothing to nobody. So Mm -hmm. that's number one um, first tip with regards to audience building. The second thing is pre-launch and the pre-launch is really important. It really starts a good two weeks out and that's where you're starting to like prime the audience for something that's coming. So whether it's like you're putting out free opt-ins or maybe you've probably actually already done that but you're really starting to engage with them you're getting them to do polls you're asking them you're seeing what words they're utilizing you're seeding that something special is coming that they're going to love all these things you're really starting to build that hype up you're starting to deliver value added content because you've got that audience now they want to see like if you're selling something they want to see that you know what you want about and like be like something is coming right so really just starting to seed that into the material two weeks out which is ever like a whatever is like a pre, like a pre to the launch, the the product that you're actually selling. And so then the third bit is the actual launch. So we always recommend, you know, our launches, we kind of like to do like a push and then a close, but depending on what business you're in, sometimes it's just like, yeah, we're pushing, it's open, but most launches work best if there is some scarcity around it. So whether that's like bonuses or money off or like an early bird or something around that. So really going into your launch and understanding like what is the key thing that's going to create urgency. And then also have had everything pre-planned. So this comes back to earlier, I was saying that you want to work on your business, not in your business. You want to take time 
to pre-record or have a Excel spreadsheet. For those who don't know me, I am obsessed with Excel spreadsheets. Like have that lined out of what you're going to do each day so that you're not like, oh my God, I have to turn up today working out what I've got to talk about. You should know going into that. So Monday, I'm talking about this. Tuesday, I'm talking about this. Wednesday, the call to action is this, et cetera, et cetera. So it's super clear and planned out. And then the launch you're just showing up for, you're in the right energy, you're in an energy abundance. You're not rushing around. You know what you're doing and you are there to execute on it. So really, really just making sure. And we give a ton of templates for this kind of thing as well, because we've literally like, that is how we built ours. And then the last thing was playbook. And I, we've, you know, this has been a theme throughout this listening, like asking what went well, listening to what the answers is and learning from it. And we record everything. So we literally have a full debrief session. We bring the whole team together. We decide what went well, what didn't go well. We then record all that information. And then we also make sure our assets are in a playbook so that we know where to find them next time. So guess what? We've launched online launch school, it's called previously. We're going to be utilizing those assets that perform best again in our next launch. And now we're not creating from scratch. The ones that didn't perform well, we're going to put new ones in and see if they perform better. So we're reviewing it and we're really playbooking it so that when we go into the next launch and we do the cycle all over again, it's like easy. And therefore, again, like we're doing okay, well, previously it was this, we got this number. Well, this, this time we're going to aim higher than that because our last launch was our worst launch. And that's how we do it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And what's your tip for scaling? So let's say those that do have their launches down, they're doing okay. And now they want to scale. Good questions. I think it comes down to like the two pieces. So is your launch should be scalable, right? So when we're saying scalable, it's all around like getting more people in for less output, essentially. Yeah. So really analyzing when you're going through it, where is my low hanging fruit? Are my Facebook ads performing? Can I put more ad spend behind here? Do I need to be growing the f- top of my funnel? Really just going back through things to make something super scalable. You need to have first close this like two metrics, I would say. First of all, what's coming at the top of your funnel? How can you get more into the top of the funnel? Because once you know about the top of the funnel, you know how many people you're going to get to buy at the end. And then also plugging the holes in your leaky bucket. So really working through that funnel and seeing where people are dropping out along that way. If you can find some of those holes, that's how you're going to get scalable because scalability is not around like adding a ton of more stuff in. Well, it could be, but then you're going to be like running out of time. But scalability is really about doing fewer things better, like simplifying to amplifying and making sure that again, you're plugging those holes so that you can just scale it from there. So I would say those two things, top of funnel and plug in the holes. And the thing on that for everyone listening is you get good at doing the same thing. Yes. So for the women that are like launching this program and that program and this retreat and that like, you know, you don't, you can't, you don't have anything to compare it to. So um, I am a big believer in doing less better mm. and stay with one thing until you've really got that at the level that you yeah. want. And I think that's like a mindset piece as well. Like one thing, and I'm like an open book, but one thing I definitely struggled with is like, shiny object syndrome and like, oh, is the grass greener somewhere else? Mm -hmm. And like, for me, that was a big mindset shift as well. It's like, okay, really understanding like, okay, I have not 
hone this in, right? How can I study this more until this is running on autopilot and then move on my attention to somewhere yeah. else? We've just done our um, retreat recently with the team and we bring our whole team together every 90 days. And the reason that we do this is because if you leave it longer than 90 days, people start rowing in all directions. And just like in a rowing boat, if you have people with all their oars in the water, you're just going to go around in circles and you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to make sure if you ever want to move a business forward, you have to dial something in and you have to make sure everyone is rowing in the same direction. So that comes with like, if you have a million products, it's very, and none of them are moving forwards. It's very difficult to get any of them to move forwards because the energy and the direction is just spread so far between all of them. So when you hone in and it's something that's really hard to do, sometimes you might be like, oh, I'm turning down this mm-hmm. and you know, that's money over here and I'm probably not going to get it here, but actually or I'm bored amazing. with the current program yeah. I'm in or my ideal client. So I'm going to change that up. And I'm always like, ah! yeah. Uh, and understanding like, where that comes from for you. Like, mm-hmm. I, cause I think we all have to look inside and there's going to be various different reasons why people feel like that. Um, depending on their triggers or their backgrounds, like you say, whether it's boredom or whether it is like grass is greener or it's just like, yeah, like what is that that's making you feel like that? And how can maybe you get that in a different way versus changing everything? So mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in like trying to do less is more. And it's something that we're, yeah, we started Boss Babe with Justice Society. It was our only product. And so like once we got that dialed in, that's when we added things on. It took us a year until then we launched the Instagram Growth Accelerator. So a whole year with the society before we did another course. Then we did IG and then we did a whole other year before we launched LLS. So we were not just having these products, you know, all straight off the gate. Like it was, it was definitely a staggered procedure. How long was it until you launched your planners? Ooh, um, two years in business. Two years, two years. Let's yeah. talk about these planners. Oh, I love our planner. <laughs> this is like, you know how I said that society was born for me and Natalie wanting um, a place for Female Entrepreneurs Connect? That's why the planner was born because we were sick of like not being able to find planners that worked for us. So we just did what any boss babe would do <laughs> and created our own. <gasps> beautiful, beautiful. It's so... And, and like... What advice do you have for people that want to get going with tangible products? Like that's a, it's a whole different deal than a service. Yeah. Like physical products, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, like I, Natalie had actually had physical product previously. So she had a company called Oh My Glow, which was like a supplement, kind of like a food supplement company back in the day before anyone was actually doing that. That's really how she learned about Instagram because she was studying Instagram while she was creating this product. But for me, I'd never had a physical product. So when we entered that space, I was like, oh my goodness, like where do I even start? Like what do I do here? But like with any business, it really is understand like I always say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so stick it, getting a plan in place was really key. Then the second thing was we made a hire who knew this, like who knew product better than we did. Now, this is not always an easy thing to do for a lot of people. So if it's not like get a coach or get a mentor, but I'm a real big believer in learning from the people around you because you're going to get there twice as fast. So we were actually able to go from ideation to that planner being on sale within like six months because we were able to have someone on our team who knew what that process looked like and were to be able to leverage her experience. But, and that's like with anything, like when you pick a coach, like always pick up someone like, you know, I'm going to choose them because they've already achieved what I've got because then they're going to be able to pass down their learning. So, you know, it was definitely a learning curve for me, but I would not have been able to do it without the team. And it was just the design process. All of it was so fun. But when you talk about, you know, 
you don't know what you don't know, even just like shipping from like China and all these pieces and mm-hmm. where we were going to store them. And you just, again, have to go into it with the attitude like, well, I always say I don't want to be, when I'm like the smartest person in the room, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs> or or I've been reading Jim Quick stuff way too much. Now I'm like a genius when it comes to learning. But no, I always try and surround myself with people who are better than me. And I pride myself in asking questions. I don't care if people are like, oh, that's a dumb question. I'm like, I don't really care as long as I'm learning from it. Because if I don't ask the questions, then I'm never really going to be able to move forwards. And I've realized that my brain works. I learn and I apply by asking questions. And so like, I'm just quite, I just know that. And I'll say that to people like, Hey, I hope you don't mind, but I'm just going to ask a million questions right now, just so that I fully understand it. And that's what I did with products. So that now, you know, if we were to do that again, I can be that not expert in the room, but I've got a pretty good idea now of what happens. And that's just the thing of it. I think so many women are just afraid to get started or they think that they have to know the, how to do the next steps. I mean, you just need to like, any next step is Googleable, number one. And then you take that step and the, and the step, it's, it's not that hard to figure out if you're just determined with your mindset that you're going to. Yeah. And like, there's two analogies, like they're, they're like the same, but it's like what helped me was like really saying like, sometimes when you start on a journey of learning, you want to give up. You're like, oh, this is so hard. I'm not getting anywhere. Like I'm starting this business. Like it's just not working. I'm just really ready to give up. But what I realized was if I put myself in a car, right? So let's say I'm driving from LA to San Diego, right? I'm like, okay, I'm in that car. I'm on my way. I hit like 10 miles out. I've still got a long way to go. Am I going to be like, oh, like this is hard now. I've hit a first bump in the road. I'm going to turn off. I'm like, no, I'm not. I've already gone to the effort of packing my bags, getting in the car, driving the 10 miles. I might as well keep going now because like driving backwards just seems just as much effort as if I was actually just kept going. And so for me, that's like a thing that's really helped me. It's like visualizing my progress in a different way. Like seeing that actually it's a journey. It's not about the end destination. It's about, okay, I've made the effort to get up, get going and to learn and just acknowledging that that is a path and it does take time. But as long as I'm clear where I'm going, and sometimes I might not have the exact location that I'm going to, it might not be pinpointed in San Diego, but I know I'm going south, right? Mm-hmm. And I know I'm heading on the coast. So like, sometimes that's the other thing that I would say is like, it's good to understand exactly where you're going to, but if you don't, that's awesome. But you roughly know that's also just keep making like progress and sometimes yes. just fall into place. Yes, 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 yes. And then you'll find that there's, it's not like you don't have to figure everything out. out. You'll find that when you're on that path, like all kinds of support and guidance. Mm-hmm. And really when the student is ready, the teacher appears or some friend shows up or, you know, like there's so much support along the way, the universe will be, be guiding yeah. And what I think when you're open to support, when you open your eyes to it, it appears more often. That's one yes. thing I would say. If you're open to receiving, yes. you'd be surprised who comes into your life and offers up help. Yes. One of our favorite topics here at Divine Living is the feminine aspect of getting great at receiving. So um, t- speaking of that, you are incredible at receiving amazing collaborations. We're going to talk about the L collaboration. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I am just like, I'm speechless with it. Honestly, today they just sent me the, yeah, they just sent me the magazine LUS 
the issue. And I am not joking. I nearly cried. In fact, I feel emotional talking about it. And this is why I want to get over to people. Like, I am no different to anyone listening to this. Mm. I mean, the difference was that I was just like showed up and I was like, I'm going to give this a go. But I'm not special. I'm not the most intelligent person in the world. But I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like treat others how I want to be treated. And I will just take action on things that feel right for me. And I'm just going to keep trying. And like seeing this Al, seeing right, So tell Al, everyone what it is though, that they don't know already. Okay. Well, Al, for those who don't know, celebrated their 75th anniversary. Like, I always knew about Elle magazine, but I really had not given it a thought of what pioneers they were for female empowerment. Like 75 years old. That is absolutely incredible. If you think where we were as a society back then, to have started an L magazine is just absolutely incredible. And they actually approached us. They came to us and they were like, oh, we've been following you. We really want to do a partnership. And I'm not joking. Natalie and I, our jaws dropped and we were like, if you're the wrong people, <laughs> that's what we thought. Talk about imposter syndrome. We were like, do they, do they mean us? Do they think we're someone else? And so, um, yeah, they approached us about being their partner for the celebrating the 75th anniversary. And it's, you know, been so amazing. We've done collaborations with them, which have been in Coles. So clothing collaborations, which has just been so okay, fun. Hold on. Danielle's just glazing over this. She did a clothing line collaboration with Elle magazine. Everyone soak that in, including Danielle. <laughs> like, I know, right? A clothing yeah. line sold in Kohl's. This is like yeah. entrepreneurial Oscars right here. Like this is what, this is so, so well-deserved. Tell I'm us about so it. glad that you're calling this out and let this be a lesson to anyone listening. It's so easy for us to celebrate other people and not celebrate ourselves. And I am so guilty of that. So thank you for calling me out on that. So yeah, I'm going to celebrate that more because we got this clothing line in Kohl's and Natalie and I had to model for it, which is hilarious because you know, not a model. <laughs> and also I'm going to tell you a funny story. Yes. They wanted the photos done and they had to be released during COVID. You can't, couldn't, you know, like in March, in April, when it was all kicking off, they were like, oh yeah, you need these photos taken. So there's Nassie and I for our first release <laughs> running around where we live in LA with our iPhones because we're not allowed out and you can't get a photographer. So we're taking these photos with our iPhones of each other. No makeup artists, no hair artists. Like it was absolutely hilarious. So that's another piece. It's like sometimes you just got to get... And that's what got published in, in Elle? <laughs> Not in this magazine. Oh, thank <laughs> goodness. That was all on Cole's website though. No mm-hmm. way. Yeah. It wasn't in the magazine, these photos, but they were in the website. And then the other <laughs> part of the collaboration has been did this amazing pitch your best. So we wanted to allow our people within our possible community to apply to win a $15,000 grant. We've done, um, all of educational products from Al, educational products from um, Boss Babe, and we bundled them all together. And it was amazing. So we basically had thousands of people sending their applications. I'm also going to highlight, we did not have thousands of people sending their applications initially. It took Natalie going onto Instagram to say to people, hey, you need to champion yourself more. We were shocked at how many, we were like, Hey, this wow. is a competition. You need to apply. And then you're going to record a video to um, submit your, you know, um, tell us about your business to be in with a chance of winning. And we hardly had any 
responses in comparison to how many followers we had, right? And we were just absolutely shocked. We're like, what is wrong? And we realized it was because women were suffering from imposter syndrome. They were like, oh, I'm not possibly going to win that. I'm not possibly mm-hmm. going to enter. And so when we did this call out and be like, hey, guys, like apply. If you're not backing yourself, you're not, no one's going to back you. You have to learn to back yourself in business. Mm-hmm. And then we just had the most amazing, amazing um, applications come in. The, the videos that we watched, I was in tears in so Aww. many of them. And it was so hard. We, we eventually, along with um, our other judges um, who, inc- who included some amazing women, we managed to whittle it down to 10. Um, and then we are publishing the winner very, very shortly. So it's really exciting, really, really exciting. Oh. It's just amazing to give back and just see when you like, there's a lot of crappy stuff happening in the world right now. And when you, it really restored my faith in humanity watching these mm. videos. There's so many amazing women, like, choosing to build businesses not just because they were going to make the money but because they meant something to them because they were passionate about something because they wanted to make a difference and you know I was just chatting to Pocket Sun who's a VC the other day and just talking around like how we you know combat the fact that so few females businesses reach six figures and like two percent reach over a a million and like what is it 2.8 percent of venture capital investment money goes to female-led businesses and so yeah and it was we were just chatting about like the what happens in the venture capital circle and it's a self-perpetuating cycle because you know men don't necessarily understand some of these female businesses and you can see that when it comes out if you look at you know the progression of male medicine and viagra compared to a female um, progression in like female health it's real stark contrast. So you can really see that there. And, you know, for us at Boss Babe, it's really just about championing women and, you know, to see so many amazing Boss Babes out there that are making a difference. It was just so inspiring. So it lifted me up and really like allowed me to see that there's a lot of good people in this world. What a beautiful note to conclude on. It is true. Like when you really go for creating the ultimate desires. Like life becomes so much better. Business becomes abundant. There's flow, there's fun, there is money, there's resources, there's collaborations, there's opportunities. And what, like what you were talking about, Danielle, when you're looking for them, they're everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your tips, your business prowess, your personality. You always deliver. And it's just been such a joy to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. You're welcome. And tell everyone where can they find you, follow you. We'll get, and we'll have all the links in the show notes, but you can say it now as well. Yeah. So you can follow us at bossbabe.inc. And if you go to the link in our bio, if you are interested in any of the courses, we have like free trainings on there. So sign yourself up for one of those. And then my personal account is at Danielle Canty. And I would love for you to share your takeaways. I'm always really keen to connect with other boss babes. So tag me and share it. Yes. Yes. Screenshot this episode. Tag me and Danielle and Boss Babes and Divine Living and, or just me and Danielle is fine. If that's <laughs> All the tags. <laughs> and, and, and tag me and Danielle and do share your biggest takeaway. We love hearing what you're getting out of this and it really means so much to us. So Danielle, thank you again. And you've been amazing. And until next time. Hey, Queen, I hope you loved this episode as much as I loved sharing it with you. And if you want to connect more and be the first to know what's coming up in all things Gina DeVee and the world of divine living, text me. 
My number is 1-310-421-0704. That's 310-421-0704 if you live in the United States or Canada. Once I put your number in my contacts, get ready to receive motivation, queen tips, BTS, sneak peeks, and all the good stuff right in your texts.